You are listening to Kubernetes Bytes, a podcast bringing you the latest from the world of cloud-native data management. My name is Ryan Walner, and I'm joined by Bobin Shaw, coming to you from Boston, Massachusetts. We'll be sharing our thoughts on recent cloud-native news and talking to industry experts about their experiences and challenges managing the wealth of data in today's cloud-native ecosystem. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, wherever you are. We're coming to you actually from Detroit, Michigan, live at KubeCon 2022 in North America. Hope everyone is doing well and staying safe. Let's dive into it. Bobin, we are here live. I know, live from KubeCon. It's nice to see you in person. That's what I have to say. <laughs> That's my biggest takeaway, like for the show. Yeah. <laughs> Regardless of who we interview this week, it's going to be like, okay, I got to hang out with Ryan for a week on, on nonstop. Yeah, no, it's it's really nice to see people's faces, interact with them, be on the show floor again. I miss Valencia, um, you as well. So yep. this is like our first KubeCon in a while. Um, and we're going to be doing a lot of awesome stuff. How's the show going for you, first of all? The show has been great. So this is, today's Wednesday, right? This is the first time we are recording this pod. Monday, we had an awesome panel at the Data on Kubernetes community. I really like the hybrid format that they had, where they had like people yeah. presenting over Zoom to be more inclusive. Yeah. I, I remember somebody from Israel had actually done a great presentation. We obviously had a lot of fun in yeah. our panel. Uh, hanging out with Patrick and Gabriel and Jing is always a lot of fun. Yeah. Uh, I think a lot of interesting questions also came up from our audience. So in addition to the questions that we had prepared for us, yeah. uh, I think we had a few, few good questions. Yeah, and we'll, we'll actually post the link because that whole day was, it's like an eight hour recording that's live mm -hmm. on YouTube now, DOK Community YouTube, we'll post it. Um, but ironically, what you won't see in that is that Bob and I were uh, out to lunch and we we thought we'd, we'd have plenty <laughs> of time to grab a sandwich or something like that and get back to the show. And turns out our food took forever to show up and so we're we're like sort of uh, you know, jogging back to the DOK community. And as we're walking up the stairs, Bart is basically introducing <laughs> us. It's a good look for, for us. But yeah, it was great to talk with Patrick and, and, and Shane, Gabriel. And I think, like you said, the community had really great questions. You know, just I think it reinforces that a lot of people are still new to the space, really mm -hmm. understanding what it means to do, you know, data on Kubernetes, persistent storage um, in in that context and sort of uh, how to get there, right? Yep. Still working with VMs, so. I know, and I think uh, the ADA recording, as you said, is a long thing. Uh, I do need to go back and see if Bart actually did a rap for us. Yeah. At the end, I saw it on Slack. Like yeah. he has an awesome rap written just for our session. I was like, shit, I missed it. But no. <laughs> I, I know, I, it is live. So I did check it out. It's already up and uh, it'll be it'll be good. I, I missed it too. Obviously we were both mm -hmm. running up the stairs together. So, <laughs> hey, you know, it keeps it interesting. Um, Needless to say, uh, we have a fun week ahead of us. We're mm -hmm. going to be interviewing a whole bunch of past guests, brand new guests uh, for the Kubernetes Bytes podcast. It's going to be a little different than what you're used to. If mm -hmm. you're a listener and have been a listener, we're going to do sort of live sound bites, so to speak, or Kubernetes Bytes, I guess yep. you could say, <laughs> and um, do about you know five, 10 minutes. Maybe it'll be a little less, a little more each person we talk to and just get their take on the show, what they're doing here. You know, maybe they're working on something specific that, you know, maybe they're doing a talk, those kind of things. We really want to hear, you know, from them and their experience at KubeCon. So hopefully that's enjoyable for everybody. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, no, I think go. like, yeah, in our regular episodes, right, we usually do a news segment. I don't think we'll have that this week. Yep. But maybe we'll come back. You never know. Like we'll do an, a follow up <laughs> episode where we recap everything that happened at KubeCon. 
yeah. on Just Live from KubeCon. Absolutely. I think we should. We'll definitely give uh, some opinions and sort of the wrap up after we do uh, all the interviews. We'll put it together and, and give you sort of our take on it and maybe what we've learned from the show. And uh, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll get going. So on to our first guest. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. So we're here live at KubeCon. We have uh, Peter with us. Give yourself a little intro for everybody. Yeah, so uh, my name is uh, Peter Zaitsev. I am a founder and uh, until recently uh, CEO at uh, Pircona, where we uh, specialize in solutions for uh, open source databases. Mm -hmm. And uh, uh, Kubernetes for us is uh, strategic, is uh, and probably like a fastest deployment platform for our solution. Gotcha. How has KubeCon been for you so far? Oh, uh, it's been great, right? It's uh, nice to see the show with uh, a lot of energy, a lot of attendance uh, post-pandemic because I think yeah. uh, uh, many shows uh, have been still kind of, you know, shade of form ourselves yep. post-pandemic. Yeah. But you know what? I think the amount of people and energy we have here just, you know, speaks to really the, you know, growth and energy and popularity of uh, Kubernetes and cloud-native technologies. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Were you in Valencia? Uh, no, yeah. I... Neither were we. And uh, uh, I think just being here, I think even from the folks that we knew at uh, Valencia, I think the energy here, like you're saying, is even more so than it was in Valencia and definitely before that in LA. Yeah, <laughs> LA was really slow, really sad. Like I think there were like 4,000 people, half of them were just vendors talking to each other. So yeah, this is a, a really good improvement from last year, North America, uh, KubeCon. Yeah. So uh, what are you working on? What's new at Percona? So uh, at Percona, a lot of Kubernetes-related focus for us uh, is uh, operators okay. for uh, databases. So we specialize at MySQL, MongoDB, Postgres, yep. mm -hmm. uh, and we uh, build the operators for uh, uh, all of them, right? Which are, uh, I think, one of the best uh, operators uh, around those uh, databases, right? Really kind of uh, battle-tested. And I think what's also unique about our solution, we provide those operators with a uh, uh, very similar UX, right? Mm -hmm. So you uh, deploy the database, uh, MySQL, Postgres, MongoDB, basically in the same way, right? So just, you know, changing yeah. the, uh, a few things, which is, uh, I think, important because uh, now there is not really standardization for, uh, you know, a format uh, different yep. operators use for uh, for databases, right? And, well, until something <laughs> exists yeah. right, uh, industry-wide, right, the best we can do at least provide that for our customers. So it's just one operator for all three different databases? Or? No, no. It's, okay. a, it's a separate operator for okay. each of them, but they are full of the same uh, definition standard, right? Okay. So sure. look at feel for those uh, deployment in the same way. Hey, you know what? If you want to backup, you uh, add the section, which uh, looks pretty much the same, right? Not like yeah, yeah. different ways here and there. Got That's, it, yeah. So, I mean, you know, Dell... Uh, Bob and I have been sort of in this sort of persistent storage space, data management space for a while. Um, you know, I think we're familiar with Percona, but what are still some of the challenges, I guess, with sort of where Percona has come in the community? I know we, you know, we both uh, spoke at DOK Day, so I know we're all very familiar with this problem, but maybe for those listening, you know, could you sort of recap, summarize what those challenges have been and where, you know, Percona is today with that? 
Oh, uh, big question, but you know, just yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, I think if you look at uh, uh, Kubernetes, uh, uh, right? Well, uh, it started as a solution for stateless application, yep. right? Yep. And a databases, of course, uh, opposite of. Uh, Stateless, you know, stateless right? yep. <laughs> uh, And Kubernetes approach, I think, was like, well, you know, you run up your applications in the Kubernetes, right? And you store your state in the database, right? And mm -hmm. which kind of exists somewhere externally to Kubernetes, right? Yeah. Uh, but guess what, right? As we are moving more in Kubernetes adoption, now we want to take more of the yep. stuff uh, in, uh, including uh, the database, right? Yep. And Kubernetes was uh, improving in uh, uh, support, right, with, uh, you know, stateful set, with, uh, uh, you know, per oh, yeah. per persistent volumes, right? Mm -hmm. Operators, uh, like operator as you said. Yeah. frameworks, right? That is all, uh, all have been uh, fantastic, right? And I think there is a, a more and more also a, a uniform approaches coming up uh -huh. in a storage, right? Which is a very, uh, very critical uh, mm -hmm. in the database. Mm -hmm. Like uh, one of the things that I know uh, we are uh, looking at is how, for example, to uh, do that kind of clone process faster, right? Mm -hmm. Because uh, uh, doing that on a database level, as mm -hmm. we have to do, is kind of expensive. Copying yep, sure. a lot of uh, data, and if you want to do yep. it for, you know, 10 terabyte plus, oh, yeah. uh, is uh, not a great thing, right? Yep. And uh, uh, Kubernetes so far, right, you have uh, different storage providers, right? You can have, a, you know, create a... Uh, volume like a clone right? yep, sure. uh, yep. with some of them, but it's not uh, unified yet. Right? So yeah. I would like to see more of a, uh, I would say like unification in uh, sure. uh, in that level, right? So we can use uh, high level abstraction. Yeah. Do you, do you see CSI being sort of a, a component of maybe what that well, would yeah. be? Well, oh, yeah. Oh, absolutely. Right. Yeah. I think that's just uh, I have to get more uh, the interfaces. Right. I think. Yep. Uh, mm -hmm. And again, I'm, I'm by no means. Uh, uh, the, the Kubernetes expert, but I, I was very glad to see what we have this uh, yeah. dynamic volume extension. Oh yeah, like, uh, as uh, uh, sort of GA, right? Because that is another important piece, right? Oh, yeah. You know what? What we don't want to, you know, provision, you know, yep. ten terabytes storage for everybody, right? We just want that to dynamically, uh, dynamically grow, right? And if you think like a, uh, uh, from a big vision standpoint. Right. I think mm -hmm. what we see is what a lot of the uh, developers uh, in a database space right mm -hmm. now mm -hmm. are addicted to that database as a service UX. Sure, yep. like sure. Amazon RDS, right? And mm -hmm. it's kind of just does uh, a lot of stuff yeah. good enough in an automated way, right? Yep. And what I want to see is uh, uh, Kubernetes being a building block which allows to uh, provide that. And then, well, guess what? If you, uh, uh, if you like that, infrastructure as a code approach, right? Yeah. Uh, mm -hmm. You can just use Kubernetes operator. If you, somebody who needs more like UX, mm -hmm. well, uh, you just, you know, go, uh, go put graphical user interface on top of that and have yeah. uh, a really competitive solution to uh, RDS, yep. uh, Atlas, right? And other I think absolutely. graphical user interface is important, but most of the users, most of those power users will Definitely use APIs and like provision. Oh, yeah. Yep. Uh, absolutely. But I think this is also, uh, you know, what is interesting is uh, to get to that like a uh, kind of power users, right? Yep. In many cases, you go through that sort of uh, like a testing stage, right? Mm -hmm. uh, yep. Right. And that is very good, it's very helpful. Of yes. course, if yeah. I integrate something in my CI CD pipeline, it's going to API, right? No, I'm not going to do that with yeah. GUI, right? That doesn't make sense. But the first way to feel through to understand how it works, right? You know, uh, what maybe API calls are what yep. we need to do, right? Yeah. Uh, 
uh, GUI is very uh, is very helpful. Yeah, I mean, even coming back to the RDS example you gave, right? If if you're going to go see what RDS is all about, you're probably just going to go to the Amazon console, go to the RDS service, poke around, maybe deploy something, and to, to test at it. Not to mention that there are APIs, right? You probably would mm -hmm. start using oh, yeah, it, yeah. right? So same same sort of example, I think, in Kubernetes is that we've come a long way. I think managing databases early days in Kubernetes, you're writing your own deployments, you were sort of doing your own multiple deployments because stateful sets weren't a thing. Operators definitely help that experience and especially when they're baked into i think you know certain um you know kubernetes distros so like if it's openshift if it's if it's rancher if it's something else you can use operators in a much more friendly way oh yeah absolutely absolutely yeah. well um i think what is also interesting in terms of what we are doing and how we are seeing uh, and i think it's very similar to like to what amazon has yeah uh discovered himself as well right in the database space a lot of those database engines they're kind of uh commodity, right? It's not a part of the whole solution, right? Yep. Uh, yes, there is MySQL, Postgres, right, whatever, but you need to have a full experience uh, uh, beyond that, yep. right? Like you want, uh, uh, you know, uh, high availability built in, you want observability, you yep. want uh, uh, backups, right? Mm -hmm. You want to maybe kind of self-healing uh, on, a, on a top of that, right? Yep. And while the database server is an important component, right, it's not the only component what's needed. Right. And that is what we are working at Perkona, is to make sure you do have uh, all those uh, solutions you need uh, in the open source space. Right, uh, right. Yep. No, that makes sense. I think that's awesome. Thank you so much, Peter, for joining us. Yeah, Peter, thanks for starting uh, and taking some time with us here at KubeCon, and I'm sure we'll see you around the rest of the show. Okay, thank you. Thank you. So Gabriel, thanks for joining Kubernetes Bytes here live at KubeCon. How's it yeah, going? Thanks, Ryan. Yeah, thanks, yeah. Robbie. Oh, it's great. Uh, give yeah, it's uh, great give everybody who's listening sort of an intro of who you are. Yeah, so I'm Gabriele Bartolini. I'm VP of Cloud Native at EDB. And EDB is uh, probably the largest uh, contributor to the open source PostgreSQL project. And you know, Postgres is a very, the most loved database. By Recently, there was a survey that in from Stack Overflow. Uh -huh. And uh, Postgres was, you know, nominated the, the, the most loved database by developers. Okay. So, but it, yeah, I In, think we all know Postgres. I, I love Postgres. <laughs> I'll, I'll add to that survey, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> I think in addition to VP at EDB, you are also like the first repeat guest that we have had on there you go. Kubernetes Bytes. Oh, thanks. Yeah. <laughs> I think, I think, think so. I'm, I'm, you know, flatter. Yeah, <laughs> so for those listening, uh, you know, we said we were going to post a link to our DOK talk, uh, yeah. which was a panel with Gabrielle and uh, others on there. You know, how did that go for you? What did you oh, think that, that was all about? I mean, uh, you know that it's like, you know, I play the blues, you know, so <laughs> yep. I play, you know, guitar and you know, when you, you go to a jam session and you really enjoy that sure. jam session, yeah. I, I felt, you know, like that was a special occasion that in that, moment we i think we, we were kind of doing something extraordinary extraordinary that yeah. i think we we will remember in the future you know i think we are and especially i think the data on kubernetes community is mm -hmm. really uh, in my opinion doing a great job in uh, building awareness about running stateful workloads in, in kubernetes and uh, you know database is probably one of the most complex 
Absolutely. We were talking earlier about, I think, the, the feedback we got after the panel, too. You know, sometimes you can get sort of crickets, but I think we had real questions from people looking to both get into the space, but also, hey, I'm, I'm running Kubernetes. How do I do this for my, you know, for my users? What's the right way to do it? It, it shows just people are, are really starting to think about it, but still early, right? There I think we talked to a lot of people that may be further along in that journey yep. regularly, but <laughs> there's still a lot of people sort of being uh, new to that. And I think DOK and BART do a great job, right? Yeah, it's so yeah, much yeah. fun. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so I, I heard Postgres 15 is out. Can you talk about that? Oh, yeah, yeah. My Postgres 15 was just released, uh, I think, two weeks ago. And by the way, this week there's uh, the Postgres Europe uh, conference in, in Berlin, actually, these days, so I couldn't be okay. there. I'm okay. actually one of the founders of uh, Postgres Europe. Okay. So, I mean, not to be there for me uh, after COVID is a bit that's of, tough. But yeah. I prefer to come here because I think it's more important to promote, uh, you know, uh, Postgres in these in this context. So, if 15 was out, and I think the one of the, I think number one feature that was introduced by actually my my colleague Alvaro Alvaro Herrera from from Chile, like Jonathan, who's here. You know, Jonathan presented the other day. At yeah. UK is the merge command. So okay. merge yep. is, a, is a, an SQL command that en enables to simulate insert and update in case of conflict. Oh. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. it's, a, it's a very interesting feature. Then, you know, there were other improvements in logical replication. So for example, if you want to use change uh, data capture yeah. uh, with Postgres, for example, insert uh, records in Postgres, then consume them into Kafka, mm -hmm. you can now use filters in the in the um, uh, logical decoder. Yep. So this is all, I mean, and then performance improvements, improvements for backups. So uh, again, another uh, important major release of Postgres. Just just keep it, keep moving forward, right? Just yeah, keep every, making progress. Yeah, yeah? keeping every, Postgres yeah. even more lovable. Oh wow! <laughs> <laughs> we need to get hats. <laughs> yeah, you know, I think it's since we have started to adopt the one uh, major version a year, a year. You know, I think it's more than fifteen years that now we have that model. You know, it's, it's continuous innovation. So I'm really proud. Gotcha. So can we do Postgres fifteen on Kubernetes? Oh yeah, already. I mean, if you if you just use, you know, PostgreSQL 15 image with our operator Cloud yep. Native PG, mm -hmm. you can already uh, use that. So, That's awesome. And from the next release, which we were supposed to release this week, but we preferred to wait for KubeCon. Sure. Um, uh, it will be the default one. Okay. Okay. So, but it's already tested. We have been testing Postgres 15 since the first beta was released uh, three, four months ago. Okay. So uh, it's all good. And we will release um, Cloud Native PG 118 probably the first week of November. Yeah. And that will include automated support for cluster managed replication slots. Great. And um, uh, hibernation. So now you can hibernate a cluster mm -hmm. and it will be reduced to uh, PVC from the primary only. So if, okay, oh. nice. So it, so basically, hibernation is scaling down the actual pods. Correct. Okay. Scale to zero. Some people yep. call mm -hmm. it scale sure. to zero as well. So yeah, you've got a three-node cluster. You hibernate that. The standbys are destroyed. Only the PVCs of the primary are kept there, and you can defrost mm -hmm. that in the in, you know in, at a later time, and the cluster 
resources regenerated as it was before. I imagine you do some sort of, uh, you know, flushing of the database so you make sure data is written all down to disk before you... Correct. You know, you know. So we, we, we have a mechanism already, it's called fencing. Mm -hmm. So we fence the cluster Got so it. the PostgreSQL is correctly shut down and, and blah, blah, blah. Do, do you see a lot of people using this feature? Like asking for uh, this feature? Yeah, the customers have been, have been asking for, okay. for, and for that kind of can I take a hibernated cluster and move it to a different Kubernetes cluster? Is that? Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. So That's... For, for example, we are using these also because, you know, I work for EDB. EDB yeah. is the original creator of, of uh, the operator. And uh, we, EDB donated the IP to the community. And mm -hmm. uh, we, are, we have a, an enterprise edition of, of the operator, which will use this kind of feature to, for example, backup also using Valero or other backup tools, you know, using the same yeah. concept. Got so, okay. yeah, the idea is to bring this to the next level, for example, by performing uh, uh, even uh, in-place upgrades mm -hmm. uh, of major releases of Postgres in the future. Yeah, it's an interesting concept. I think these are the kind of tools that we've been used to in, in like, VMware, too, of being yeah. able to, mm -hmm. you know, uh, freeze things, unthaw things, and, and seeing that sort of... You know, adoption and customers asking for it. I think all, also just validates. I think for you guys probably, and also hearing yeah. you working on and releasing those. Um, you know, really brings us to a point in in adoption that really we can take uh, an advantage of those things. So, well, uh, Gabriel, thanks for stopping by. Uh, this was great, um, was and uh, you know, we'll we'll be in touch. I'm sure you'll be on the show again soon. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. And and tomorrow I'm I'm gonna talk about yes. About uh, Clan PG with uh, Chris Milstead from Ondat mm -hmm. at four thirty. Uh, I don't remember the room. But, uh, <laughs> you can find me we will or... we will make sure and put a link to that talk as well as when it's posted, uh, hopefully recorded. I yeah. imagine yep. we'll post the link to that for the show as well for those listening and wondering where that talk is. You can listen to Gabriel and folks from Ondat. Okay. Thanks, awesome. Ryan. Thanks, Bavin. Thank you for Always being on, Gabriel. Yeah. Thank you. Bye bye. Tim, thanks for joining Kubernetes Bytes. Uh, how's it going? Introduce yourself for everybody. Oh, sure. My name is Tim Banks. I am a new lead developer advocate uh, at Dell Technologies, but not the newest. Apparently, I started two <laughs> months ago, and there are two more. Uh, you know, Ryan here, and then the wonderful Kat Cosgrove. So, um, yeah, here on, a, on an expanding team full of excitement, and we're looking for one more, by the way, folks out there listening. <laughs> You want to apply and want to work with the best, um, you know that's great. But if you want to work with us, that's good too. That is good too. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, how's KubeCon going so far? I know it's Wednesday. We're sort of mid round here for a lot of us. A lot of us showed up Monday. What are you getting out of it so far? What are you looking forward to? So so far, uh, what I'm getting out of it uh, was you know the the hallway track and, and you know talking with folks that. Um, that either you've been talking to online or, or, or finding other ways to converse. Like, I think it's interesting because one of the things the pandemic, I think, really taught us is that, you know, the, the keynote talks and all the kind of stuff like that, they're not really value adds for a conference because mm -hmm. we could watch those on YouTube. And that's yep. what we did for like two years, right? <laughs> yep. Um, and like, yeah, okay, but that does not a conference make, right? Mm -hmm. It is the coming together, the, the, the impromptu talks over, you know, food or drink or something like that, like, I don't know. Like we, I think, you know, last night at the part, company party, we, 
I think we designed like four or five products just off the top of our head. You nice. know, just, but, but those things happen. And I have witnessed hallway track conversations go from a conversation to a POC in a few months. Right. Sure. So it's like yeah. those things are exciting. And the conversations you have over, you know, just that happen organically are to me what makes the conference a conference. So there's been some of that. I'm looking forward to that. Um, you know, you know, making some connections with some really, really cool people from around the industry and various segments has been awesome. Um, and, you know, I'm looking forward to more of that. Obviously, the, you know, the talks are going to be the talks and those, those will be all great, you know, but, you know, oh, and the other part, too. So the, if you weren't here for it, the red beans and rice they had, man, that shit was I didn't have that. Legit. No, I had the, you know, I had the skewers, the chicken. L apostrophe J-I-T, <laughs> legit, man. I was which is Which is saying that. a lot coming from you, I feel like. Yeah, no, no. I had my... <laughs> My expectations of the, of the food in Detroit were not bad. They just weren't great. But I've as far exceeded whatever what my expectations so far. So, so outside of the food, how like what do you like about the this KubeCon and how do you compare it with the previous ones that you have been to? So the the main feature about the KubeCon I, I like right now is that the level of organization they have is just getting better and better and better. So you know who you know to uh, as always hats off to the to the logistics folks and the people doing all the. Uh, you know, behind the scenes work, but it, everything has been well thought out. Um, you know, even large major conferences, you see like bottlenecks and like who yeah. put this there and stuff like mm -hmm. that. So they've been really, this was really well thought out. Uh, it was very, um, so, you know, there's, there's a lot of space. Mm -hmm. um, so mm -hmm. we're not all packed in there like, like, you know, sardines or anything like that, but also <laughs> like, but like folks for me who, who are um, neurodivergent, mm -hmm. uh, you know, I, can't be in those rooms for a long time. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. there's places for me to go away and just chill and stuff like that. Yeah. Perfect. Um, you know, and so, so I, I always, cause you know, like, yeah, the vendors are going to be there. They're going to have the booths. Like we know, as, sure. as, yeah. you know, that's always going to be there. There's the swag and people are like, Oh, the swag was great here. The swag was great there. Yeah. Okay. Well, whatever. <laughs> um, but the conference experience mm -hmm. is what matters to me. And they have been very thoughtful about that here. And so I appreciate that. Yeah, I think there's what there's quiet rooms. Maybe that's where you've explored those quiet yep. rooms are nice to just get away from it. I know even uh, someone like myself who I, I call myself an ambivert, right? Between introvert, extrovert, extrovert when I need to. I appreciate those quiet times because I feel like long enough, anybody sort of being on for that long, you just you, you know, you get sort of a little headache right yeah. here. Yeah. Right here. yeah. <laughs> that's the thing that people don't talk about, too. Yeah. I think for, you know, attendees is one thing, but for folks who have to work. Yeah. Yeah having to be on, you know, especially if you've got booth duty and you've got these <laughs> other things like that. I mean, it's like, you know, I'm expected to be, to be on. And yeah, like, yeah. I can be on with the best of them, but when I'm off, I'm off. Right. Yeah. Um, you know, so it's like, you know, I don't, I can't, I can't be on all day and then go out and party. Like, that's just not me. I'm, you know, um, I mean, I, I used to could, right. Yeah. <laughs> but mm -hmm. I also used to could be able to, you know, wake up in the morning and have my knees hurting. So. <laughs> yeah, that's true. So you're, you're part of a new team. Obviously I'm part of that team too, but what are you looking forward to? What are you trying to build? Like what's important to you going forward uh, at that new role? The, the thing I'm trying to build more than anything else is the community, mm -hmm. right? Uh, people in the, in the cloud native community for the most part, don't think about Dell. When they think about the cloud sure. community now, mm -hmm. now Dell put a great foot forward here by being a platinum sponsor. They put a lot of money into this is their first KubeCon, which is awesome, right? Um, but we need to be able to follow that up with action. Um, we need to be able to say to the community, "We are here to help you. Um, we are here to be part of you," and follow that up with action. So we need to listen to the folks in the community. We need to contribute, not just not just accept the the free labor from, but to be like, "Hey, yeah. cool, we're gonna." 
we're going to devote our own resources and our own things like that. And, and, and let the community dictate what, you know, our developer advocacy program looks like sure. and so that we can uh, bring that feedback back to our product teams and back to our software engineers and back to, you know, all the various things that we have. Dell's got a lot of resources that people know, really, really understand. Um, but I do think that, you know, this first real step in us saying, okay, we're here and we want to be part of this community um, is good. We just need to make sure we follow it up with action, incremental action yeah. over and over and over again. Um, which is why I think, you know, you take KubeCon is different than like reInvent. Like sure. Yeah. reInvent. It's a big conference. A lot of people are there, but it is a vendor conference. Yeah, it's a big is, vendor conference. They are just <laughs> there to sell more AWS, which is why it should be free. But, um, <laughs> but, uh, but this one is a different, this is for the community by the community. And so, so I think it's important for us to do that. And, and, and what I, what I've, found already is that we're having conversations about people are asking like well why are you here like yep. what do you do like yep. you're like yeah we're gonna draw them in with the free laptop come get the free laptop by the way. Um, <laughs> free gonna, laptop yeah you can win a free laptop, laptop. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. you just get it i mean you do just get it if you're <laughs> if you get picked um but it's like you know i want to talk to him about well like, what are you working on oh cool well what does that look like in that space and i've ever had some great conversations about that but you know, if you, what I want more than anything else, if people don't do anything else when they walk away from this, they want to walk away from this with, let me go visit the developer community mm -hmm. site, or let mm -hmm. me go visit the GitHub, or just let me just see what's up with this, right? That's all we really want. Just give us, give us a chance to, to interact with you and to, and to be part of that community. And then we'll go from there. Yeah. I think uh, if you didn't know, Bobbin, also, Tim is from Austin, Texas. Okay. And so if you see anybody walking around outside when it's 50 degrees and he's like shivering and swearing, <laughs> um, he doesn't like this weather too much. <laughs> although yeah. although you may just take one of our beanies at least. And uh. you, you know, it's rare because it's, I'm going to be very honest, right? I will probably not wear a beanie because the worst thing you can do to my just hair cover those locks. Is, it was, is to cover it with something that is not satin. Uh. Right? So for Dell, I'm going to, so we want to really do something. We need to have satin lined beanies. There we go. I like it. I'll dig it. I, I will recommend it too. Um, well, Tim, it's been a pleasure. Thanks for taking the time to come over here and chat with Bobbin and I and get your take and hopefully everybody will uh, have you on for a full episode one day. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I'd love to. Anytime. Steven, thanks for joining us live at KubeCon. Absolutely. Uh, let our listeners know who you are and what you're up to. Cool. Thanks for having me. Yeah. So my name is Steven Rust. Uh, I'm a principal software engineer at Akamai Linode. Um, so I'm uh, the lead container architect over there now. Uh, so I'm working on uh, our managed Kubernetes service, which is LKE, as well as working on building services on top of Kubernetes. Mm-hmm both for internal and for external customers. Awesome. So for those who don't know where Akamai is based and know where the show and Bob and I are based, it also yes. is in Boston. So we have a, a local, so to speak, yep. even though we're all sitting in Detroit, Michigan. Uh, <laughs> we're, we're all local. It's fantastic. Um, but OK, so we're here at KubeCon. Uh, you know, how's the show going for you? What are you really getting out of the show? Tell us all about that. Uh, it's, it's great. You know, there's, there's a lot of reasons to be here. And I think, uh, for me in, in my position, it's a bit of a, a mix. Mm -hmm. So I'm trying to connect with potential partners and, sure. you know, reach out to, do you want to come to deploy on Linode? Mm -hmm. Um, can we help you in some way? 
um, and also just here to learn. And that's really where you get uh, really reinvigorated mm -hmm. and uh, more interested again in the technology is just sitting and learning. Yeah. Yep. Um, so I was just learning about cluster API some more, okay. which I'm trying to, uh, yeah, there you go. Um, trying to learn more about and, um, you know, perhaps do some more in that space. Um, Absolutely. I think yeah. Scott Lowe is joining us uh, tomorrow, tomorrow yep. cool. uh, to talk more about what he's doing here. He's been a past guest on the show. I don't think I was actually a part of that episode. Nope. That was you and Scott, yeah. <laughs> but really fun episode to listen to as well. So uh, I have a question for you, Stephen. Yeah. Like what's involved in building a managed Kubernetes service? Like I think you are the first one that has told he's working on something so cool. So <laughs> like what's involved in that? So this is what you do now if you're a cloud provider. You offer a managed Kubernetes mm -hmm. sure, service. Sure. Give it a um, cool name. Yep. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So you, it has to be K-E, yep. something in front, right? So everyone's got their... Uh, Unless you are Azure. Like, so, they have. <laughs> so, some, kind of, uh, some kind of engine of some kind anyway, yep. right? Um, so there's a lot of different ways to do it, but uh, you want to basically handle the control plane for your customer. Mm -hmm. That's the big thing. Yep. Um, and whether that's abstracted for them, uh, whether they see that at all. So in the Linode case, you don't really see your control plane pods yep. or in your control plane nodes. Mm -hmm. um, and then you manage the service. So management really means about upgrades, sure. uh, dealing with uh, dependencies or, you know, building your own distro. So everyone has a Kubernetes distro now. Sure. Um, and then there's... There's, you know, you can debate whether that's a good idea or not. Mm -hmm. um, and there's, yeah. <laughs> it's maybe better to standardize on people that are good at distro building. Yep. Uh -huh. But in the cloud environment for the managed service, it does tend to make sense um, to build your own so that you have full control over that. And maybe you do things differently from, from other providers as well. Right, right. So I know, you know, the control plane and managing that for the customer that's something we see across a lot of different services, EKS, AKS. I mean, that's, I think, uh, come to be the expectation. What does uh, LKE do in terms of sort of node and worker node upgrades, managing those nodes? What do they do to help, um, you know, ease that process? Yeah, so uh, because the control plane is totally separate, your, your worker nodes are essentially um, disposable okay. in, in a sense. So you can recycle and delete them. Okay. Uh, what they, Linode calls it recycling. Okay. Um, so you can delete a worker node and it'll come back. So the upgrade is really create a new node on the new version okay. and then uh, delete the old ones along the way. So a customer can choose the time to do that mm -hmm. uh, and, and roll that out uh, carefully for themselves. And then at some point there is an EOL that we have sure. to upgrade, you know, for security and all that purpose. Of course, yeah. Uh, we can't support all versions forever. Nope. <laughs> um, but we're actually looking Even to- Even though your customers want you to, right? <laughs> they, they do. And I, I think other providers do support uh, more. Sure. So that's mm -hmm. something that we're trying to improve and work on as well is, mm -hmm. you know, can we support more versions longer? Yeah. Um, but then to the customer, it should be transparent. Yeah. So certainly from a control plane standpoint, all the upgrades, the management of that is out of their uh, control in a mm -hmm. sense. Mm -hmm. um, and, and that's that that's a, a good thing. That's why you're running a managed service. Yep. Right. You know, if you want to have full control over your cluster, fine. De deploy on VMs at Linode, run, use Rancher, yeah. use OpenShift yep. or whatever, some other uh, distribution. Yep. So I, I think when, when we had Brand, Brendan Burns on the podcast, he said, eventually we want to get to a state where customers don't even know what the version is. Like we'll do whenever a new version of Kubernetes oh, is right. out, just 
perform an upgrade under the covers you have your applications running and kubernetes is will respawn your pods if they get deleted on that node so should be a non disruptive upgrade and it's it's a good idea as long as your api compatible yeah mm. <laughs> so we, you know we've come across where yeah. you have to be on a particular version yep. because maybe your app hasn't upgraded mm -hmm. their api yet right right v1 um, beta 1 to v1 like <laughs> <laughs> yep yeah. i think everybody who who's in that devrel space or tech marketing space <laughs> broke their applications when they upgraded from 119 to 120 oh, happened to me yeah i bet <laughs> right right so that that goes to trying to support more versions yeah. for longer as well um and then helping helping that upgrade path if you can um so i th i think that's a sounds like a great great goal great idea to be completely yeah. Uh, not worrying about the version, but mm -hmm. it's a North Star, right? Yep. Um, and, and I think it just shows where the entire community and those building, you know, managed Kubernetes and, and those in this sort of community here at KubeCon, where we're at in terms of viewing what Kubernetes is giving us in terms of value, right? Uh, we're starting to focus more on the business value, the application and, and what that provides. So leads me to another question, which is, um, you know, how is LKE different? What's unique about LKE? I don't know much about it. So school us. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and I, I think you'll find this with all of Linode. Mm -hmm. um, it's all about simplicity. Okay. So you have basically a one button create cluster and you're good to go. Okay. Mm -hmm. So we, we try to keep that as simple as possible, um, not have to go through a lot of hoops. And I guess you could say there's trade-offs there as well. So you, you know, maybe you, you lose some of the configurability mm -hmm. along the way, um, but simple cluster up and running, download your Cuban config and you're good to go. Got it. Um, so that, that's number one. Um, and then really, you know, just, just being able to, to use it uh, and have full control over uh, the nodes that you have. And you have, you're, you're an admin on your cluster and then you deploy anything you want and not worry about uh, the stuff that you don't want to worry about. Got it. So um, we'll switch gears a little bit about, and sure. since uh, those listeners aren't going to be with us here in Detroit, tell us one thing you've really enjoyed about Detroit and the experience here at KubeCon. Uh, wow. Well, uh, <laughs> we had some really good pizza the oh, other yeah. night. Yeah. <laughs> I'm already hungry. <laughs> um, I have did not know that Detroit had its own type of pizza. Oh, yeah. oh. There's Detroit pizza until I came here. It's probably one of the the more least well known. I feel mm -hmm. like uh, in terms of how it's made and like the differences of it. Everybody, I think when they think of this area, they're like, "Oh, Chicago deep dish, fine." And no, 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 it's not the same. No. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's very, very cheesy in in a sense. Sure, in, in, in a good way. Though. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I know where I'm where I am headed after recording this podcast. So there you go. <laughs> get pizza. Yep. I like it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I haven't actually been to Detroit before, so it's actually the right on the water is pretty beautiful. I yep. did not realize that we're about you know, two seconds from Canada <laughs> yeah. as well. Yep. Uh, so maybe I'll head over there later. Uh, I think our Uber driver said if you if you are actually a good swimmer, you can actually make your way. But if you're not. You'll which end is, up in which a, is most people, he said. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, you could just swim, okay. Yeah, or you'll end up in Lake Erie. That's what yep. he said. <laughs> he said a lot of people who try wind up in Lake Erie. So. Interesting. I, yeah. I don't know how he knows this or has experience of why he knows this. He, maybe he gets a lot of pickups from Lake Erie. <laughs> do, you, do you keep the passport in like a waterproof bag or something? Like, <laughs> I think Canada will let you in if you actually make the, the swim across. <laughs> <laughs> they, you, they might have to take you in to save your life at that point. True. <laughs> cool. So, um, you know, thanks for joining us. Where can people find you if they want to learn more about Elkie, Linode, what you're doing? 
yeah. So uh, my username everywhere is just S Rust. Okay. So I'm on. That's easy. I'm on Twitter, GitHub, mm-hmm. um, email. Um, so I, I actually. So I, interestingly, I came from the Akamai side. Mm-hmm. Right? So Akamai purchased Linode recently, mm-hmm. um, and they are continuing to invest. And so um, I was one of the people brought over to uh, continue to work on that. And there's a bunch of people that also uh, are working and uh, were from Akamai before. So mm-hmm. that, that's pretty cool as a yeah. kind of merging of yeah. Linode's Kubernetes folks, Akamai's Kubernetes folks, right, and now right. working together, uh, which is pretty neat. Um, but yeah, so uh, the other thing, Linode is hiring. There we go. Oh, pitch it. So <laughs> this, is what all, this is what KubeCon's all about. No, go for it. No, it's, it's just uh, linode.com slash careers. Cool. Uh, we're yeah. hiring Kubernetes folks uh, for sure. Yeah. Um, so look to we will put that. that link in the show notes for you listening cool. if you have an easy way to find it. That, yep. that, that's my only pitch. <laughs> <laughs> well, we appreciate you taking the time to come join us here over next to the water and with these beautiful views. You can't see it on uh, the podcast if you're listening, unfortunately, but uh, it is beautiful. And uh, I'm sure we'll try to get you back on the podcast for a full episode of what you know, you're doing with Linode and Akamai. Sounds great. Awesome. Thanks so much for having me. Thank you for being on. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hello, everyone. It's Bobbin and Ryan. We're actually going to interrupt this podcast because we decided we're going to split this into two podcasts because we uh, we realized, Bobbin, that it was quite a long episode if we just crammed all eight interviews Mm -hmm. into one. So (laughs) we didn't want to like have like one 80, 90 minute episode. I know people don't like that or personally I don't. So no, this is this is a way where we can have two episodes and people can uh, enjoy them on their walks. Absolutely. So who do we just hear from? We'll just do a re- quick recap here. Yeah. So we, we did Peter from Percona. We did Gabriel from EDB. Tim Banks, your new teammate from Dell. Right. Uh, we did Steven uh, Rust from uh, Akamai. And all were great conversations. And we have more uh, uh, queued up for the next part as well. Absolutely. So uh, we appreciate you joining us for this sort of pseudo live from QCon episode part one and part two. Um, you can find the next part in the next episode. Um, and we'll see you over there. Thank you for listening to the Kubernetes Bytes podcast. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.